Join Edwin Frondozo on the Business Leadership Podcast every week for a unique program featuring insights and actionable items from the world's most successful business leaders. Hear firsthand the exclusive interviews and personal journeys on how today's transformational leaders made it to the top. It's funny because a lot of the reaction to people when I told them in horse racing, first, they're very fascinated by it, but they're kind of mystified by it. And when I thought, you know, I'd get here and people would kind of look like, what the heck is that? And uh, it was just the opposite. They were really looking for someone who was from an outside world and had done a lot of the things they were looking to do and not not in healthcare necessarily and not feel restricted by the bounds of what, you know, what you might if you'd spent your whole life kind of in this world. This is the Business Leadership Podcast and I'm your host, Edwin Frondozo. Welcome. How are you doing today? Thank you for taking your time to join me today. This is episode number 115 and my guest today is Todd Unger, the Chief Experience Officer and SVP of Physician Engagement at the Miracle Medical Association. Todd has led digital change initiatives at AOL, Time Inc., and the Daily Racing Forum. He is a transformational leader for the digital age with the classic profile of a, quote, productive disruptor. Todd operates at the nexus of digital technology, content, product development, marketing, and business development. By bringing these areas together in unison, he has been able to drive record growth in audience, customers, e-commerce revenue, and advertising sales across multiple digital businesses. In our conversation, Todd shares how he was able to digitally transform and strengthen a well-known and old healthcare brand, the American Medical Association. He talks about how he was able to develop and grow a relatively new position and the improvements that he has currently accomplished. We talk about the curriculum that he is currently developing in order to improve his organization's communications by effectively teaching them how to get straight to the point. Today's podcast is brought to you by True Shield Insurance, Canada's most trusted insurer for entrepreneurs and small businesses. Quick shout out to those who have taken the time to subscribe, rate, and leave a comment. I really appreciate you. This latest one is from Malik D on Apple Podcasts, and they write, Edwin has a way of asking questions that lead his guests to support their advice and success statements with detailed examples. There's lots to learn from this podcast. I've been listening to top podcasts and realize that I get more detailed and actionable feedback from listening here. Thank you so much, Malik. So when you subscribe, rate, and leave a review, I will read it out on an upcoming episode. Now, here we go. Welcome to the Business Leadership Podcast, Todd. Thanks very much, Edwin. I'm glad to be here. Well, I'm really super excited to have you. I, I'm really glad that you and I are connected here. Um, but I want to just really jump right in there, Todd. If you could actually introduce yourself to our listeners today, maybe tell us who is Todd and what does Todd like to do when he is not growing or, or leading businesses? <laughs> okay. 
So uh, I am the chief experience officer at the American Medical Association and senior vice president of physician engagement. And I think we'll probably get into talking about what exactly that means. Um, I'll give you the background on like what I like to do when I'm not working first, I guess. Um, I uh, recently moved to Chicago uh, for this job along with my family uh, after commuting for 18 months. And we are getting to know and love Chicago very much. Um, my whole family is into horseback riding. I picked this up from my daughters and my wife, and I'm five years in. And a uh, highlight of this year so far is going to England and riding horses with a buddy of mine from business school and galloping up the sides of hills with him and my wife, which is very fun. I felt like I was in a masterpiece theater uh, show. Uh, but uh, beyond horseback riding, I have been spending, I'd say this last weekend was probably ideal for me. I had to get to watch my wife ride horses and I worked on a sailboat with my friend who's going to teach me how to sail. I went to boxing uh, class with my one of my daughters, uh, uh, spent a weekend entertaining and hanging out with friends and, uh, and I'm a daily meditator. So those were like the ideal activities of any weekend and I got them all for this holiday. Wow. Amazing. And for those who are listening, and this probably will air in maybe two or three weeks, uh, I think the holiday you're talking about or the long weekend is Memorial Day, right? That is Memorial Day weekend here. Yes. Oh my gosh. First off, Todd, can I just say, can we be best friends? I mean, you do amazing things. Your life just sounded like, <laughs> like it sounded like a movie, actually. <laughs> it was so cool. I, I, I do have a good Instagram feed. You oh my gosh! Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll check it out, and you know what, Todd? We'll, we'll, we'll post a link directly in, <laughs> in this episode for those to to take a peek of the ideal world. That's so awesome! <laughs> uh, just just a quick note: Where did you move from before? We were in New Jersey for the last uh, almost the last fifteen years. I worked in Manhattan and New York at a variety of different uh, media companies, uh, doing the digital and marketing thing. Uh, so we had uh, you know quite a Long time there, raised our two girls there, and now they're both in college and we're officially empty nesters. And I have like returned to having the social life needs of a 28-year-old. Oh my gosh. Well, my daughter is turning three, so I don't... I mean, I see a light. Like I said, you, you, you seem to be the, the dream world, which way I'm heading towards, Todd. Um, th you that's a few great. more years, yes. Yeah, a couple more years. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's kind of amazing. And just a quick note for I know some of the listeners know this. I did uh, just 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 some facts. I ran the New York Marathon and I ran the Chicago Marathon. So it's like um, it's kind of cool that uh, that you were in those two areas as well. I, you didn't mention you're a runner, so I'm not even going to bring it up. Uh, it is to my ask least you. favorite physical activity. Uh, hence riding a horse, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. Um, Todd, let's just. Let's just get into where you are now. I know you, obviously, you took a big change to move to Chicago. So why don't you at least tell us a bit about the AMA for those who may not know what it is. Let us know what is your current role and the responsibilities that with, with the roles that you had mentioned and maybe what you're trying to accomplish over the next next six, let's say 12 months. Well, excellent. I'll give you just like a very brief overview of the AMA since uh, down here in the States, the, the AMA is the largest physician uh, organization in the States. And uh, we are the physician's powerful ally in patient care, which is what 
physicians get into medicine to do, which is make people better. And we do that in four ways. We represent physicians with a unified voice to Congress, insurance companies, all the key players in healthcare. Uh, we work on removing the obstacles to get between physicians uh, and patient care. Uh, we are taking a leading role in addressing a lot of the critical health ed- epidemics that are going on here in the States, whether it's hypertension, uh, diabetes, uh, opioids. And then we work on driving the future of medicine to solve all of those kind of structural problems that get in the way of moving medicine ahead. Uh, I came to AMA, you know, not necessarily because I loved healthcare, although it's intrinsically interesting. Uh, I, it is funny because my prior job to this was in horse racing, which always gets uh, people think is very amusing. Um, but I came here because <laughs> of uh, the challenge of addressing membership and really supercharging membership acquisition and retention. And it really built on a lot of my prior experience in e-commerce and digital marketing. And I loved every aspect of it, which is really redefining what the, you know, the value proposition and the AMA is to physicians and students, uh, and then really transforming every aspect uh, of the process that goes into bringing new members on board and keeping them. And that's part infrastructure, part strategy, part vision, part product development, and a lot of marketing. So I started there in kind of membership acquisition and retention, and then that expanded into overall marketing. And so I'm now responsible for brand marketing and brand strategy, our ad campaign, and uh, sorted other stuff, and just really strengthening uh, the uh, this brand, uh, which of course is a very old and uh, well-known one. So my, my focus now is it is uh, increasing the reach and impact of our mission uh, activities, uh, engaging our audience and target uh, our target audience with our activities because we have found they're largely sometimes unaware of what we're doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a very metrics driven uh, job, as most marketing types are. Uh, it's around audience and engagement, uh, impact, brand consideration, and of course, the membership numbers. Oh, wow. So just to understand what I was hearing, you came in specifically to drive growth in membership. And now, I guess, and what we could get into it is maybe from your successes or from what you're learning, you've taken on some more responsibility in terms of building out the brand as well. Is that right? That is right. Wow. Well, congratulations. And you've been there, what, one, two years now, right? I just finished two years in February and, uh, I'm in third gear now, as my my former boss would say. You know, you have two years of just like peddling your brains out, uh, you know, where everything seems to be moving really fast, including your legs. And now I've kind of, you know, hit a new kind of new gear. And a lot of the that kind of quick activity and quick wins are under our belts. And we're feeling the benefit of those right now. And then I'm starting to work on bigger stuff. Very cool. So let's talk about that as... You've taken on a lot of responsibility. What have you learned, I guess, in your first two years? And it could be in terms of coming into this uh, role um, and what you did to implement it, what you saw, uh, and and what you're what you're looking forward to now. Well, I say number one, I've been around for a while and in many different places. And I will tell you the one thing is I know when I have a good gig. And so every day I walk into this place knowing how lucky it is to be. 
with an organization that is so thoughtful and uh, really puts its you know uh, efforts where its mouth is, so to speak, and then work with the kind of caliber of people that I get to from our leadership on down to my peers and the and the people on this team. I I never like one of the things I've learned in my career is I never take anything for granted in terms of my job situation, and I really recognize when you have a good thing, and I think it's important to like just recognize that it gives me a great deal of energy to walk in here every day knowing that uh so that's kind of the general feeling of it but like more uh you know tangibly you know you can really uh make fast progress and drive change way faster than you think you can if you know you do have a clear vision you've got the right people in place uh and you've got uh a management that supports you and this is a place that's gone through through a tremendous amount of uh, transformation, uh, both at the kind of like a digital level and experience level over the past couple of years. It's actually kind of like shocking to me. I think some people would look at the, you know, from the outside and say, oh, that's a, you know, a really old guard uh, brand and organization. It's going to be really tough to make change there. And it's really been the opposite. It's been the place where we proceed, proceeded the fastest. Uh, and part of what I do here is, you know, is question everything. I've uh, you know seen lots of different uh, businesses, uh, uh, both you know in the classic marketing world before I went into digital and after that, and so I have a reasonable like set of experiences of how to kind of judge things. And you know you do find that when you come in from the outside that people uh, have tended to kind of you know they operate in you know the world that they're in, and uh, it takes sometimes an outsider to come and say you know what we don't need to do that anymore let's try this differently and let's just kind of change it up and i've done a lot of that questioning uh almost like on every step of every process and uh i think it's certainly led to to better results and been a very energizing experience for people here who find uh that that kind of change can be a lot of fun and very productive i mean it sounds really refreshing in terms of a, I mean, being able to come into work and, and have that satisfaction, that feel good, but B, being within that organization that you didn't have to, I guess, uh, maybe your perception, not sure what your perception was when you were coming in because outside looking in, people think it's an old one, but knowing now that they value your input and your experience, whether you were in this industry or not, right? Yeah, I have to say when they first came and you know, I talked to a recruiter about this job, uh, he flew to New York to meet me and we sat down at breakfast and I looked at him and I said, can you please, please tell me why you're even here talking to me? I'm in horse racing. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he, he done his, uh, his research and kind of named me off kind of a list of everything, why it was a perfect fit. And, you know, the, re the it, it's funny because a lot of the reaction to people when I told them in horse racing, first, they're very fascinated by it, but they're kind of mystified by it. And when I thought, you know, I'd get here and people would kind of look like, what the heck is that? And uh, it was just the opposite. They were really looking for someone who was from an outside world and had done a lot of the things they were looking to do and not not in healthcare necessarily and not feel restricted by the bounds of what, you know, what you might if you'd spent your whole life kind of in this world. So what has been, I mean, and, and we don't want to always just paint, you know, you know, rosy, rosy flowers, blue skies. Um, what was maybe some of the biggest challenges as you came in and taking over some of these key responsibilities? Well, the role was a new one. And part of it was kind of explaining to people 
what I, what I was doing and what I was charged with and to do that really, really fast. And so I do remember kind of back my second week here, uh, my chief operating officer asked me, you know, it's, we have a big kind of meeting with all of the people that are involved uh, in any way, shape or form with marketing across the AMA and come present, you know, what do you think after a week? And so I was very nervous about that. And uh, I did my best to kind of put something together. And it turned out like those were the right five steps uh, to, you know, really starting to think about this organization and what we're doing differently and how to grow membership. And again, it was just with an outset set of eyes. It, you know, it's not like I, I always joke, like for this place, it didn't, it's not, you know, heart surgery or anything like that. I've been in marketing and kind of, you know, can see what those opportunities are right away and what the low hanging fruit might be and how we might kind of paint a simple vision for like where we wanted to actually take this place. Uh, so that in and of itself, just kind of sizing it up and you do that in every role. But I think the timeframes that they give people to do that are shorter and shorter. Um, and I think what I noticed was people were really excited about it because I was questioning a lot of the things that we were doing and saying, hey, how about, you know, we do X. Or, you know, one of the like really interesting uh, things I noticed before I got here, I saw like a consulting report where they mapped out how long it took to send a direct marketing email. And uh, it was 48, or- 48 days. Yeah. <laughs> like somebody oh, was wow. like, I want to do, you know, a marketing email to someone. And then from that moment to the moment someone hits send. And I was like, I didn't even know that was possible. And so, but as I got into it, what you could see was... It wasn't necessarily an organization that had been aligned around digital marketing. And so there were a lot of different people involved in writing the email and improving the email and scheduling it and back and forth. It just was like ricocheting back and forth. And I kind of looked and I said, you know what? We're going to use this team because they they specialize in email marketing. And I'm going to work with them on how to put a testing plan in place. And we're going to develop the template together and I'm going to kind of move that responsibility out of another place that it was in. It was just a very diffuse set of responsibilities. Uh, and that was like just one little thing. And I found that to be the case with a lot of the things that had to be do with digital. So uh, publishing was one of those things uh, where I noticed the same thing. So there was a, there was a website, um, but the, you know, when I came in, my vision was that it was going to be more than a, an association site. It was not going to be a static site. It was going to really be uh, a news and information site and a place where we could market our initiatives. And uh, the, the folks that were in place were really spread all over the organization. There was somebody doing analytics and IT, and there was somebody doing content and marketing and someone in UX on another team. And I was like, we're never going to really be able to get that kind of focus until we build a publishing unit. And uh, mm. fortunately, my colleagues were game to do that and allowed us to kind of build that team and draw those people in from other parts of the organization and then start to build around them. That's that's great. And for the success rates and in terms of, you know, centralizing this publishing team, like, can you share how fast you are uh, sending direct email, uh, direct mail now? Well, our, our email went from uh, immediately, but that one decision went from 48, uh, 48 days to uh, eight. Uh, and now we're at immediate. So, you know, as long as, as, as fast as you can uh, basically write an email and, you know, we're very, fairly sophisticated now on the targeting front. I mean, those are the things we put the time and attention into now. 
uh, not approvals and all that kind of stuff. So it's uh, that's improved dramatically, and people are much happier with that situation. Uh, on metrics for other parts, our our traffic in terms of uniques is uh, up almost seventy percent versus a year ago. Those are kind of numbers you know get to post every day when you're in digital media. Mm-hmm. So it really does reflect you know the the focus and uh, skill level of the people that are involved in doing it. No, that's great. Um, Todd, I, I understand that you are currently developing a curriculum to teach, I guess, your team um, within your organization how to be more effective at, um, quote, getting to the point, close quote. <laughs> t- t- tell, yeah, tell, tell us about that. <laughs> well, that, that was a bit of a surprise. We're going through development <laughs> plan discussions right now. It's an important part of what we do with uh, human resources. And uh, my team came back and unanimously said, you're really good at getting to the point. Can you please teach us how to do that more effectively? And so I'm actually really touched and uh, excited about this. And I was like, you bet. I'll, I'll kind of take that on and start to develop you know, a little curriculum around uh, how that transpires. Um, I grew up just like as background, you know, in my career at uh, Procter & Gamble and Leo Burnett mm-hmm. the agency here in Chicago, uh, where communication was taught uh, very closely as a, as a skill and you were evaluated on P&G. You know, it was the place of the very famous one-page memo, everything you did, uh, whether it was a research analysis or a recommendation for a product, uh, launch or whatever it was had to fit on one page. And you just basically reworked that page. This is with the advent of word processing um, until you could get it on one page. And it made you basically fight over every word and uh, ensure the clarity of what you're trying to get across. And it also provided a structure with how you communicated, certainly in this world, which is, you know, you start with the most important first and you say what your recommendation is. And then you build on that with conclusions and then you end with kind of like findings. And what I find like in, in this world, first of all, they're not, they're not teaching this anymore. Uh, you know, they're not classes like at Leo Burnett where you learn about storytelling. Um, this is kind of like learned on the job and people just, they don't have that. Uh, and so I find myself having to start with like what that structure is so that people can communicate more effectively. And, it, and it's funny because it carries over to like digital advertising, which is I always tell them, you have to think, think like a landing page. You get one line and three bullet points and no more. And if you can't explain what you're talking about in that amount of words these days, you're lost. And so that's kind of the philosophy at which communication has got to occur. And I kind of roll that out across different uh, you know, email or not uh, different mediums and whether it's, you know, how to use email to communicate something. What do you say when you're in a, a small group meeting? Uh, how about uh, delivering in front of a, a presentation? And then most of all, giving people the permission to manage conversations toward being productive uh, with candor and kindness, uh, uh, not just, you know, being like, you know, blunt, uh, although I can sometimes be rather direct uh, with people, but I've learned like, and, and maybe it's having to be more junior, uh, you know, in those days, you kind of just, you sit and let the conversations happen. And now I'm in a place where I can actually say, hey, uh, I, you know, we have a limited amount of time. Uh, we need to kind of get right here to the point. 
Uh, and I uh, do that rather frequently to people just because I don't, uh, you know, I'm busy, they're busy, and I just want to make sure that people can distill uh, what it is we're there to talk to and get to the decision point. Hey there, how are you? Enjoying the conversation that I'm having with Todd. Before getting right back to it, I'd like to take this time to say thanks to my episode sponsor, True Shield Insurance, Canada's most trusted insurer for entrepreneurs and small businesses. True Shield not only will help educate you on the risks of your business, but also provide unique solutions, including the ability to purchase your insurance online. Simply go to trueshield.ca, answer a couple of questions, and get a quote which you can purchase. Let True Shield help protect what you've worked so hard to build. Now let's get back to it. It's funny that you talk about storytelling and maybe being a marketer and understanding digital and even like social media. You know, a lot of people are, maybe they're not teaching storytelling. And I'd love to get just your quick thought on this is people are growing up in social media and I don't know whether they're getting to the point or not, or it's just noise now, um, but maybe everyone needs to learn how to get to the point. And uh, I'd love to get your thoughts in terms of those marketers now or those business leaders who are, you know, still struggling and getting to that point and just, just filling air. Yeah, funny. I mean, I'll tell you, like, the, we're surrounded by so much data these days. Uh, and I've, you know, this is not an original thought or anything like that, but it's uh, how do you translate that into actionable, you know, insight uh, and uh courses of action. That's the hard part because people will, you know, I, I going back to that, that uh, example I gave at Procter & Gamble, people tend to focus on the findings and it's very hard to synthesize those into conclusions and then build from there and to tell people what you think they should do. So that is really kind of the, the crux of, uh, you know, critical business thinking and uh, management. Um, but, you know, in that uh, the portrayal of that data is the storytelling. I think I learned that, you know, as much from Procter and Gamble as I, I did from Leo Burnett, mm -hmm. which is, you know, how do you uh, bring to life that thing you're trying to achieve? Uh, and it's mostly through, you know, the ideas around positioning and having clarity of what your brand stands for and a very clear creative strategy um, and having those in place before you start evaluating the tactics of, of doing something. Uh, and so I find here that the, that was probably the most difficult thing to kind of get in place because, uh, brand strategy, so to speak, was not like that kind of marketing speak is not innate, uh, necessarily to the AMA. Of course, we, you know, for 175 years, we've had a very clear mission. Uh, but when you would say like, Hey, what, you know, what is the AMA? What, what do they do? They didn't have that kind of crisp clear articulation of the story that I gave up front, uh, which is, you know, goes back to that one statement and three or four bullet points. Um, and that, you know, that little story came out of a, tons of different analyses. Uh, but it had to be translated in a way that not only delivered in a functional and logical way, but also like really, you know, penetrates the heart, which is why this, that combination is the source of all decision making in terms of target audiences is bringing that together. So that's, uh, you know, the essence, like my marketing is still at the foundation of, of uh, storytelling. And now what I love about these days is there are just so many more channels to do that. And social media is uh, just yet another way that you can tell that story. And 
what I find is the biggest challenge now and the most exciting thing that we have to do is to orchestrate all of those things uh, so that they're all achieving a single pur- purpose, but using each of those mediums uh, as uh, they should. And so, you know, we'll undertake, you know, some uh, initiative and, you know, we have very clear articulation of, you know, what happens when from the moment a press release goes out to the way an article is written to way that gets promoted in email, uh, in social media, and then all the different ways in social media you can tell it, whether it's a post or a story, uh, and then how you measure it all. And so it is a much more complex orchestration uh, where no single channel is operating on its own, but all serving the larger goal of what you're trying to communicate. Yeah, hundred percent, and it's a really fascinating time in terms of being an organization or even a personal brand uh, when getting the thoughts and ideas out there. Um, Todd, can you share with us maybe a person who had a tremendous impact on you as a business leader? It could be someone close to you, a mentor. It could even be someone that you've never met before. Well, I. Uh I think my most recent uh, uh, boss here at the AMA and the person that brought me in was our former COO, Bernie Hengesbach. And he had a very long career before he ever joined the AMA. He was the chairman of CNA Insurance, which is a big insurance operation uh, here in Chicago. Very, very accomplished and then decided uh, when he left that that he was going to come here to the AMA. I don't think he ever thought he would be here for more than a decade, uh, but he became part of the uh, most senior leadership here. And, you know, that's like many of our senior managers. uh, uh, This is a place that's very concerned about its legacy and over, you know, over hundreds of years, not just, you know, not uh, reacting to like share price on a daily basis. And that's that kind of thoughtfulness that he showed in terms of who they were looking to bring into this role. And then the support that he gave me, I, I think I met with him Almost every day, at least for the first six months I was here, uh, he, was spe- he was that dedicated to onboarding me and making sure that I was supported here and uh, knew how to navigate uh, this place. And then, you know, then it became a couple times a week. But that kind of set I don't, uh, a new kind of benchmark for me in terms of how, how to communicate with my own team. Uh, the frequency frequency of which and how much time I spent uh, supporting them, coaching them, teaching them, and removing obstacles from their way. So he was very inspiring to me, and not the least of which is he did retire uh, this year, and he's gone on to get he's going on to get his degree in astrophysics. Oh wow! So it's his post retirement activity. Oh man, I so love inspiring that. on many levels. No, hundred percent, hundred percent. Um. So, Todd, I mean, with that note, and as you, you know, mentioned what you learned in terms of onboarding and communications and, you know, when you bring on key personnel on your team, what are you currently doing to ensure that you are continually to grow and develop as, as a business leader? Well, I've, uh, I love the transformation part of any uh, kind of business I've ever worked on. And I, you know, the, that goes in cycles. And so let's say when I went to the racing forum, I would say we were in like full on transformation mode for three plus years. 
And it's just kind of new thing after new thing and building these capabilities. And you're just seeing like constant points on the board. I just love that phase. And I'm in that phase right now at the AMA uh, where there's just so much quick change and so much progress so fast. But eventually like that uh, starts to plateau. And uh, I find for myself that I have to invent new growth opportunities because I'm like supercharged by growth. That's like what really gets me going in the morning is like finding new ways to grow. And, you know, at the racing forum one day, I kind of like thought, you know what, we're missing out on a whole programmatic ad business. And I basically kind of bootstrap that, uh, you know, build it from scratch and launch that and turn it into, you know, a sizable revenue generator here. Here at the AMA, you know, I'm like basically starting to identify what I think those next big uh, strategic opportunities would will be, and we're in kind of the the ground phase of some of them right now that have, you know, I would say transformative potential. And you're, so you're in third third gear, as you mentioned earlier, right? Yes, and I think you know, the, not the least of which I think is we're, you know, this has been an organization that has, you know, been a little bit operated kind of separately, business unit by business unit. Some people working on, you know, their own kind of mission-related activities. You know, there's a marketing group. There's been a membership group and, uh, uh, you know, several other like really important uh, uh, different parts of this place. But it's really acting as one where I think, you know, the enterprise level uh, strategy is going to uh give us sizable opportunities and more leverage uh, than I think we even know. So it's kind of looking for those uh, things to say, hey, let's operate as one instead of mm-hmm. all separate. And, you know, here's a brand strategy that says no matter kind of what you're doing, here's how you roll up into saying uh, what, this, what this organization does. And, hey, uh, you know, we're, we're out pitching this one thing, but really there are four other people doing the same thing in different areas. So let's start thinking how do we – uh, approach that uh, more, not only more efficiently, but uh, to get, you know, a, I guess not not leverage is the wrong word for it, but just get more out of it. Mm-hmm. I also do things like this. So for me, like podcasting has been a learning experience. Like I love storytelling, but this is a new format and it's taken, uh, it's been a lot of learning to figure out like how to get in the groove of talking like this. And so that's one of the things I just put on my little learning agenda for the year. Well, and it's funny that you said that um, because people, when they hear us, um, you and I, or podcasts, it's funny. And, and I used to tell a lot of my guests before, it's like, just pretend we're at the bar having some some drinks. That's because that's ultimately what you and I are doing, right, Todd? We're just, we're just, we're just like two lads just drinking and uh, having having yeah, a chat, just like that. Without the drinks. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> Virtually. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, achieving that, like, I don't, I, I thought it was, uh, this morning I came in and uh, somebody on my team said she had to work a day over the weekend and she listened to all my podcasts. And I was like, really? Uh, that's amazing. I'm just so gratified that someone would even want to hear me talk. So, Well, well let's uh, say hi to her right now. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Catherine. All right, Catherine. Please listen. <laughs> oh, I'm, this is, I'm having a blast, Todd. I, I guess with that, with that note, I, I have a quick fun question for you. Yes. If, if I were to ask any of your team members, it could be past or present, colleagues, peers, um, what's the best leadership quality that Todd possessed? What do you think they would say? 
Well, beyond kind of communication, which we kind of talked about, and not just in that kind of like getting to the point, but I would say I've hit a new level here in terms of like public presentation, another thing I've been really pushing myself to practice. But I would say that people would say it was energy, uh, which uh, I'd never heard anyone describe that about me until like 10 years ago, I was like in an interview with, there were five people interviewing me and they were like, at the end of it, we love your energy. And I was like, wow, that's first, that's the first time anyone's ever said that to me. And then it just became kind of a pattern. And it is something that I, uh, I really bring to the table. I just, uh, just am a big ball of energy and I really like getting things done. Uh, and so I'm, you know, I've got a lot of positivity and just, experience it says we can basically work through almost anything and uh and there's just so much to do so i would say that was clo- that was closely followed by humor which uh, <laughs> i really uh love to laugh and i like being funny and i make like making other people laugh and so we have a lot of fun yeah so that's cool yeah. i mean like i said at the top of the uh interview can we be best friends? <laughs> <laughs> We're off to a good start. <laughs> exactly. Um, so what else, Todd? Do you have any other, I mean, I feel like you do because you do so many things, but do you have any other special projects, initiatives, or anything super fun that you are looking towards and maybe maybe losing sleep over? Ooh. Uh, so that's, I, I guess you're talking about work. Uh, that it could part. be work. You, yeah. you, but you could also tell. You could also tell me something else. It's all well. Good. I'll tell you. Uh, one of the <laughs> things that we're working, you know, very here, very hard on here is how do we rethink our uh, kind of value proposition and membership proposition for physicians that work in large health systems. So I'll give you a little bit of background on that. Uh, about uh, just slightly over half now of all physicians work in large health systems as opposed to small practices. And so here in Chicago, we have a variety of those. We have uh, Northwestern, we have Rush, uh, University of Chicago, and a bunch of other kinds of groups that might employ hundreds or even thousands of physicians. And so that's a very, very different situation Mm -hmm. than uh, the paradigm under which membership has operated in the past here. And a lot of the benefits that we are able to provide for small practice physicians, like you get the Journal of the American Medical Association, you get access to very dramatic insurance discounts, and uh, a number of other kinds of very tangible benefits, um, you know, don't necessarily apply for a physician that goes into one of these large health systems because the system provides for it. And so we've had to redefine what that value proposition looks like and then go out and, you know, for lack of a better word, start that marketing and sales process, which again, for an organization like this, like for me to say the marketing and sales process, it makes sense in the, uh, that the part of our organization that licenses codes for uh, what we call CPT codes where uh, diagnosis codes, but it's not necessarily innate mm-hmm. uh, over, you know, on my side of the fence. And so we're out talking to uh, health system CEOs and chief medical officers and their medical affairs committees. And we're showing them like, this is a new AMA. We have a lot to offer. Uh, you never thought we had. Um, and what's been really great about it is seeing people's minds change uh, about what that is, but it's, you know, it's going to take a while. And that really is, I think the key, you know, for us to, is uh, to grow, we'll be, have to uh, succeed in that space. And so that, that keeps me up at night. No, that's amazing. 
Um, before we end, and Todd, I'm definitely having a blast. I'd love it if you could share maybe some final thoughts, observations, ideally maybe some action, actionable recommendations that you can share to the growing business leader who is listening today and Catherine. Yes. Uh, I would say, <laughs> you know, what I tell my team is, you know, their job is growth. And I would say, Maybe in my past, like uh, let's say when I was working AOL, I would be all about, you know, I want better content and better this and salespeople would come and they would really annoy me. They've got a client on board and I just didn't take responsibility or even need to at that point for revenue or customers or anything like that. And maybe later, like at my uh, job at the racing forums where I was really on the line for a whole slew of metrics uh, in terms of our user base and in terms of revenue. And I actually found it very powerful and very energizing and very focused. And in this day and age, uh, growth is, uh, you know, so uh, uh, supported by, I would say, there's all this new set of tools that allow you to do it even better than you did before without the kind of guesswork and with much more immediate feedback than you've ever had before. And so mm-hmm. to all those people, like I, I grew up in like, brand management, that was my my gig. And if you worked on Scope Mouthwash and your share was down, like they looked at you and they said, <laughs> you know, why is share down? And you'd say, well, because Listerine came out with a new thing or because I lost, you know, all these uh, facings and these stores or this store closed or whatever. And then they want to know what you're going to do about it. And that's your job was growth. So I, you know, when there's a lot of talk now about like, you know, what does marketing do right now? It's been, you know, a lot of people say it has been you know, very focused on, quote, brand and creative. And, you know, to me, the fun is always in connecting that to growth and being the one that's accountable for driving it and figuring out how just to, you know, keep that going. You know, how you do that is then the the challenge that comes because there are so many different ways. One thing I would say, if you haven't read the book Measure What Matters by John Doerr, uh, which is about uh, objectives and key results in terms of goal setting. Uh, you know, this is a person that kind of learned that firsthand from Andy Grove at Intel and then brought that vision uh, and met kind of system uh, to companies uh, like uh, Google uh, and other tech companies that teach people how to construct uh, measurable and kind of sufficient level objectives and not to confuse those with the results that underlie them, but to actually have tangible results that you measure and then adjust along the way. It actually has been kind of a mind blower for me uh, because it is something that I am then turning around and working with, uh, with many people across the organization. Um, and then I would just say that using that word organization, I think that has like been one of my incredible challenges here is actual like the personnel and the organization part and building the right teams. And I, uh, there's a person that I really like and follow. He's, uh, his name is Meyer Gupta, and he's now the uh, chief marketing officer of a company called Freshly, which makes uh, like uh, meal, prepared meals, not meal kits, but prepared meals. And I read a lot about what he posts on LinkedIn. And he talks a lot about growth-centric organizations and how he sees organizing. And I talked to him last week, and, you know, the one thing that stuck out to me uh, was, you know, this idea of organize, organizing around outcomes. And to make sure that your teams are, you know, have very clear definitions of what the metric is for them and that the teams are appropriately structured so they know how to focus on those and, uh, and, and that it's 100% clear. And so I was just kind of glad that I was kind of on the way to doing that and uh, very gratified to have a chance to 
kind of hear, hear from him firsthand uh, how he thinks about it. But uh, that's what I'd say, like, you know, my job right now, that's so much more about people and about getting the right people and coaching people and teaching people and communicating uh, than ever before. And, you know, letting go of like the doing part necessarily to do that trade off. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, thank you for sharing. And just for the benefits of the listeners, Todd, and we will list it in the episode webpage. What was the name of the book that you mentioned and and the other person uh, you just spoke about? Yeah, Measure What Matters is the book by John Doerr. I think it's D-O-E-R-R. Um, and you'll find this concept of OKRs, objectives and key results, to be the central theme of that book. Uh, and then uh, Meyer Gupta, CMO of Freshly. Uh, check him out. He posts a lot of really wise stuff on LinkedIn. All right. Awesome. And I'm definitely checking him out right now. <laughs> so, <laughs> Todd. Might make a good future guest. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, to close, can you tell us where we can find more information about you, obviously the AMA, or anything else you'd like to share with us today? Yeah, you can check it out. I share a lot of uh, stuff on LinkedIn. Uh, you just find me under Todd Unger. And uh, if you want to see what my... Uh, my life looks like I, uh, I spend most of my t- social media time is now focused on Instagram. Well, that's amazing. Well, Todd, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you for joining us on the Business Leadership Podcast. It was really fun. Thanks for having me. That's it, Biz Leaders. Thank you for joining me on another episode of the Business Leadership Podcast. This was episode 115 with Todd Unger. If you want to learn more about Todd, the AMA, or anything else that we discussed, please go to thebusinessleadership.com slash 115. And please join me on my free private Facebook group where I will personally discuss this episode, answer your questions, and connect you with other like-minded business leaders. Simply search for the Business Leadership Group directly in Facebook. Thank you to today's sponsor, True Shield Insurance, Canada's most trusted insurer for entrepreneurs and small business. And lastly, if you haven't done so yet, please subscribe, rate, and leave a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening today. Thank you again. Edwin signing off. Thank you for listening to the Business Leadership Podcast at thebusinessleadership.com. Help me.